I did not know what love is before I had her. And it's such a cliche to say, but it's kind of like totally different level of feeling. Like something that just gets unlocked inside of you when you hold something that your body created. Welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. How we give birth truly matters, and we carry our experiences from giving birth with us throughout life. My aim with this podcast is that the positive stories will help you tap into the superpower that resides in all of us and draw strength from that during your birth. In this episode, Saklina shares a story, a story about using positive thinking as a tool to approach her birth and how it worked out just the way she had hoped for. I would be thrilled if you would partner up with me as my Patreon, helping me and supporting me so that I can make more episodes and that we together can change the narrative around birth. This is a podcast with women for women. Saklina, mm-hmm. welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you. We have tried yeah. to meet twice before this session. Oh yeah, it's been yeah. a while, but it's yeah. it's so fun that we ma- finally managed to do it. Yeah, life came in between. Exactly, but uh. it's a today's a perfect day for it. <laughs> good for me too. <laughs> so you are the mother of one, and uh, yeah. that's the birth story that you're going to share today. Yes, the birth of your daughter. Yeah, she's eleven and a half now, so closing up on a year of being a mom. So before telling us your birth story, I'm a little bit curious to know about how you are as a person. How would you describe yourself as a person? Um, I would say I'm spiritual, but also very stubborn, determined, practical in a way. So I would say like a, a mix of spiritual and like very grounded. And what kind of preparation did you do uh, to prepare yourself for giving birth? Uh, I did a hypnobirthing classes, so I actually hired a coach and we did five, six sessions, very long sessions. Um, I read a book about hypnobirthing, um, actually a few different books um, about positive birth stories. And I absolutely refused to hear any any negative story. Um, and the funny thing is when you are pregnant, people kind of like, jump right in, want to share their stories with you. And they kind of like pick the details that are not so positive. And I don't know why that is, why people have that tendency to do that. But I was very kind of firm, uh, if not rude sometimes. And I just said, like, I don't want to hear that. Please don't tell me those things. I'm preparing in a totally different way. How brave of you, because that's hard to say that to someone that wants to share their less good birth experience. Well, I I think like in the beginning, I probably had um, a very, actually very, very bad experience. Now now I just remembered exactly. um, I just found out that I was pregnant and I wasn't telling anyone. And um, I was um, meeting one girl that we were friends, kind of like acquaintances. And she didn't know that I'm pregnant because I didn't tell anyone. But she had a very uh, bad experience, feeling super bad. And then I decided, like, I'm not going to let this happen to me again. So, and basically what I learned from that lesson is you, you need to have, you, you have to be firm with people because that's the only way. You need to protect yourself and you need to, to think about your own experience and, like, in the end, your own baby. 
because giving birth is not just the, just something that you are feeling and experiencing, but your baby too. So from the moment you find out that you are growing a life inside of you, it's not you, only you anymore. It's another creature, another human being that's like important that you need to think about in everything and to put her first or him. Mm. Did you find that the people that you said, stop, I don't want to hear your story, did they respect your wish of not hearing their story? Yeah, I think people get a little bit surprised But in the end, like everyone respects it mm, pretty much, good. yes. So you prepared with hypnobirthing. Yes. And uh, as from what I've understood, that also requires a pretty tuned in partner. Did yes. you have a tuned in partner? <laughs> <laughs> no. No? <laughs> um, he was like supporting from distance. Um, he said he doesn't understand it because he's not... Um, I, I was into meditation before. Um, I'm a life coach and I have a psychologist. So I have a lot of training uh, with mental preparations and the kind of like mental things being in your head. Um, so he wasn't really into it. Um, he didn't understand it, like what all the meditation and like talking to your baby and breathing the baby out would mean. Um, but he was 100% there to, you know, like... He said he's going to be with me um, during birth and uh, everything that I need. But he, like during the hypnobirthing classes, actually, he he was sitting on the first one. And then after seeing him, how he's suffering in that chair, I said, like, you don't have to, you don't have to do it anymore. Like, I, I can, I'm perfectly capable of doing it myself. And even if you don't want to be in uh, in there with me when the baby is coming, like, It's perfectly fine. I would want you there, but you don't have to. And then how the time was going, um, he kind of like tuned in in more, but his real support came in when the things actually started happening. And I couldn't be more proud of him and more grateful uh, for the way he was um, when the things started happening. Because when my water broke, I just, I freaked out a little bit. Um, no matter how much prepared I was, it was just such a kind of crazy feeling, you know, like, you know, it's happening now, it's starting, oh my God, this is it. And then uh, he was at work and I called him and he was like completely calm and he got home, like he took care of everything, drove to the hospital, like, like, you know, completely calm and composed. And when we were there, he was just super amazing, like with me the whole time. Um, so yeah, it was... In the end, it was really good. Good. So it doesn't sound like you got a conflict about it no. with him. No, no, no. He, um, I, I find like in relationships in general, you know, you have to respect each other's wishes and to just talk openly about everything. So we had a few talks about how it's going to be. And um, I told him like, I would want you to be there. But I respect if you can't, because it's not, you know, it, it is my body and it is my, like, job in a way um, to get that baby out. But it is also his experience as well, because he's 100% involved as a dad and in my pregnancy too. So, um, you know, it's very emotional for both, um, you know, mother and father. And we all... Um, receive perceive things differently and um, 
we experience, you know, same maybe emotions in different ways. So like I, I could, I didn't want to push him. Mm. So he just came into it himself, which I think it was the best way. So uh, where were you when your water broke? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, at home. Um, I was, um, I was uh, working on my online course that I was about to launch and like my, uh, The baby came one week early and she totally messed up my plans <laughs> because um, things were kind of like in full swing, uh, just about to be ready at the time of like my due date. Um, so I was working in my on my computer and uh, it's a funny thing. Like, I don't know if it happens like usually when the water breaks, but um, like I felt like three little knocks in my stomach, like down, like very low in my stomach. And I just knew in that moment, okay, this is it. It's starting. And then it's like, it went like crazy, like the water everywhere. It was such a weird feeling. Kind um, of like she was knocking on the door. Like, exactly. Let me out. <laughs> and it's like, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. thinking about it because in a way it's such a, I'm coming. <laughs> like open the door. Cool. Yeah. Many yeah. women experience more. It's more, it's a knock or more a, like a popping sensation. Yeah. Like, Poof, yeah, like you so pop the balloon like or that. something. Mm-hmm. So, and it's actually the the most uh, common way that birth starts is with contractions. Yeah, and I think birth starting with water breaking is like maybe fifteen percent of the births. Yeah, I read somewhere even five percent, mm. and it's. Um, I think it's a little bit higher, but okay. it's if you if you watch the movies, it, yeah, it always old. starts with lots of water. <laughs> Hey, it is a lot of water. It's yeah. almost a liter by mm-hmm. the end of pregnancy. And the right. membranes, they keep producing new right. amniotic okay. fluid. So it's just, it's like a constant flow or drip mm. <laughs> yeah. until the baby's born. And usually mm. when the baby's born, another big gush of water comes. Okay. Mm. Well, I did it in water. So like mm. after that, like after oh. I got into the pool. Mm. Um, yeah. So when did your contractions start? They started about an hour after the water broke. And um, they started about on every 10 minutes and with, within an hour, they went down to five, four or five minutes. At that point, we were at the hospital already waiting to be checked. And uh, since my water broke, they didn't want to do like actual check. Like they just did a like with a monitor and then they sent me home. <laughs> Oh, they sent you home yeah. because, and the reason to why they didn't do a vaginal exam is that they want they didn't want to give you any Ex- bacteria yeah, or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. So they sent you home because you were a first time mom. Yeah. Okay. And then we got home, and that's a funny story we talked about also because um, I was baking a pie. <laughs> Right that morning, and it wasn't ready when my water broke. So I was like, at the whole time in a hospital waiting to be examined, I was like thinking about that pie, and like I was so craving the pie. So when they said, like, oh, you can go home, it's probably not gonna happen soon. I was like, yes, I'm going home, and I'm gonna eat my pie. <laughs> What kind of pie was it? Uh, with the puri look and cheese, oh, with chives, yeah, <laughs> chives and cheese. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was um, very tasty. And then I got home and I was like directly to the kitchen, like getting my pie, and I managed to do like a few bites. And then my contractions got to two minutes between, like minute long contraction. And I was like, we need to go to the hospital now. Like we need to go back. You felt it in your body. Yeah. And how like, did you uh, cope with them? Did you use them? Hypnobirthing. Yes. Uh, basically how I did, I didn't have any um, 
like epidural or like laughing gas is that how it's Mm -hmm. called any of that like I wanted to do completely natural um, water birth and uh, basically how they teach us in hypnobirthing is just like to get like in inside kind of like to focus on your breath and to kind of like work with your body and Pain sensations, they can be perceived as something like horrible and unbearable, or you can just work with your body and with your mind, most of all, and kind of like guide yourself through it. And what helped me um, was I kind of like created a mantra for myself saying like, um, this is not a pain, this is just strong sensation that I'm feeling in my body. And I would literally repeat that like the whole time uh, throughout the the, um, contraction. Um, And I was just like, then like when it's done, like I would relax. But for me, it was like very close together. So it was a lot of kind of like getting there. Um, Was it helpful? Did it help you to relax and stay focused, the mantra? Yes, it, it, it did very much. And like the whole birth, like I was, it's kind of like a blur now when uh, I think about it, because I was uh, focused in inside a lot of the time because um, it helped me. Um, I was focusing on breathing a lot. And just like when the contraction would come, like I would just like go very quiet and kind of like just breathe mm. and like go through with it. So did you use movement? Did you move around in the room or were you using the Pilates ball or how did you, you know, work with your body? Uh, when I when I got to the hospital, um, the first thing like I, they got me into examination room and like lay me on my back and that was super painful. I did not want to be in that position. And uh, from the research that I did, it's like one of the worst positions uh, to give birth in. Flat on your back. Yeah, yeah, it's not very comfortable. Uh, it's not comfortable, and also it's totally against the gravity, uh, which doesn't help. And um, the most comfortable for me, it was to sit on the edge of the bed and kind of like be bent forward. And I had in my birth plan that I want to do water birth. And I was lucky uh, for them to have a room available for me. But it was uh, weird because like I got into that sitting position on the edge of the bed and I didn't want to move. I was like, this is comfortable. I got my place. Like, I don't want to move. Mm-hmm. And, you were in your zone. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. in a zone and like I found a like, kind of like way to manage the pain. And I had the most amazing staff like with me in the hospital. And I'm so, so grateful to, to those girls like to be there for me. And uh, they kind of like talked me into following my own birth plan <laughs> and to get into the water because it seemed like at that point, like getting like from one room to another, it seemed like a big project. and uh, they helped me get into the pool and it was like total change the water helps very much and I would recommend like from the bottom of my heart like to every mom like if you have an option try it and in in describing what way it helped you it's very soothing and the warm water helps body relax help muscles relax and kind of like from like what I heard before like doing the research and it helps like perineum like open more like easily become more elastic um so all those things and like just like the 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 
the feeling in the room was not hospital feeling. It was not that sterile, mm. kind of like it was more, we had dimmed lights and um, like like nice big type jacuzzi type of pool. Mm. I didn't have bubbles, but it looked like really comfortable. Mm. Yeah, very soothing. And there was no like... It, I think it's very sad how they portray birth in uh, movies or like, you know, how people talk about it and how they do it in hospitals in general, Um, at least in US, from what I heard, it's like mostly like that sterile kind of like operation type of birth, which I think like birth is anything but Um, like, it's such a natural process. It's Um, very earthy. It's very Mm. earthy. And it's, it's... um, Kind of like for women, it's something our body is made to do. It knows how to do on its own. You don't need doctors because you're not sick. You are just, you know, in a, a different state in your body and your body is perfect sync with your baby. And if you allow it and if you open up mentally uh, and spiritually for it, like you are perfectly capable to do it even on your own. And it's, uh, you know, like if there is nothing, you know, serious with the baby or some conditions like you can just like relax and go through it and it's going to be amazing were you sitting in the pool or were you on all hands and knees or how were you like i got into the position where i was uh, kind of like half uh, half laying down Mm -hmm. kind of like you know in uh in the like my back was like you know kind of like reclined position Mm -hmm. um but uh I wouldn't recommend it because it, it's very comfortable position, but at the same time, uh, it's working against gravity. And uh, with birth, it's uh, very important to work with your body and work with anything that can help you, which is gravity. Um, and it seems funny. It's like, how can gravity help the baby out? But kind of like when the baby starts into that process, anything like even small pushes, um, it kind of like helps like anything that can help. And the gravity is one of the things like this pulls a little bit. So my birth was slowed down, I believe, because I was in that position. Cause like when I got on all fours, then it kind of like got back into, cause my, my contractions slowed down also. Mm. And just like baby kind of like got lazy. I'm like, I can stay here a little bit mm. longer. Or maybe it was your body like recuperating before yeah. starting up again. So yeah, but it's um, if you have really fast births, sometimes mm-hmm. the only way to cope with contractions is more semi-sitting or mm-hmm. like you're describing that you were in the pool because the, the uterus is working so fiercely. Yeah. But uh, for most women, like you say, it's, it's uh, so useful to work with gravity mm-hmm. and to move your position because every time you change position, you change the measurements of the pelvis and yeah. you help the baby rotate down. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I heard like a medicine ball, like, uh, mm-hmm. is that how it's called? Like, a Pilates ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting on it helps mm-hmm. a lot, just like swaying your yeah. hips. Mm-hmm. So, like that helps also. Um, I didn't get to try that. Like I, I got all all of those things in my birth plan. Mm-hmm. To kind of like, if I don't get the pool, like I would want to try those different things. Mm-hmm. So um, anything that helps. And where was, you were in the pool um First see my sitting and then on your knees mm-hmm. and hands and knees. And where were your partner? 
he was sitting on a chair next to me. Um, and then when the things kind of like got it really like close, mm -hmm. like I was uh, on the, like with my upper body on the edge of the pool mm -hmm. and on my knees down in the pool. So like he was like very close to me holding my hand, like, and uh, his head next to mine, mm -hmm. kind of like encouraging me, telling me that I'm doing good. And um, like I was squeezing his hand so tightly. <laughs> So, yeah, it helps to have someone there to kind of like squeeze their hand. It helps. It definitely helps. Um, you get the sensation that you're not doing it all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get help from that other person's mm -hmm. strength. Yeah. And the midwives, they were in the room with you? They were going in and out. Um, they were really surprised by me not screaming or me not asking for, um, you know, epidural or anything like that. But I said specifically that I don't want to be offered anything and especially not co cursed into taking something because um, I knew that maybe like in a moment of weakness, I would maybe fall for something. But when it came to it, I was even more determined in my decision. And the reason I did it is because... First of all, before I got pregnant, I was very scared of giving birth. Like, mm, because yeah. of all mm. these things, you know, like people, how, how they talk and whatever you see in movies. It was very, very scary for me. And then I got pregnant and I was like, okay, like in nine months, I will have to do this. And I tried not to think about it in the beginning because I was I I have time. I have time. And then uh, I was lucky that my friend gave birth before me and she kind of like, talked about hypnobirthing. Then I got a book and read all the amazing, inspiring stories. And I was like, I can do this. And then I started thinking about it. And I realized that us women, we have such a power in our bodies and we are so strong mentally and emotionally if we just let ourselves be. And I wanted to feel that power. So the more I prepared for it, I was excited about giving birth. I was like, I can't wait. I don't want any drugs. I just want to be 100% mentally there. And I want to see how strong I am. I want to experience what my body can do. Like this miracle of giving birth, like I want it 100%. I want to be there. And, you know, I just like, I don't want anything that's going to blur it in any way. So was there any part of birth where you lacked confidence or started to feel scared or? It, during the birth process, I wasn't ever doubting my decision not to get epidural. And um, there wasn't a point where I was really scared. However, there, 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 there came the point where my contractions slowed down and uh, they wanted to, they, they told me like, you need to start pushing now or uh, we will need to give you oxytocin to get your um, contractions going again. And um, I did not want that to happen. So I was like angry in a way. In mm. a moment, I got really angry that they uh, kind of like wanted me to push and like kind of making me push uh, because that was not my decision. Like the training that I did, it was like the body can open by yourself, like by itself and kind of like, breathe the baby out. Um, I heard later that that for first moms, that doesn't happen. 
so much or so often. So I don't know, that's maybe like contradicting information, but I wanted to do it like for my body to do it as much as possible. So that was one of one point where uh, things did not go as planned, mm-hmm. where um, I kind of like had to make a decision to kind of like freak out and fall apart and kind of like go out of my zone. And um, so I did not want to get into that whole like scary bird, like and kind of like falling apart. Um, so did you question their uh, wish of you starting to push? Yes. And my Swedish wasn't wasn't good at that time. And um, the midwives, they changed shifts in the middle of my birth. So mm-hmm. a different, <clears throat> two different ladies came, which I wasn't comfortable with. Um, like the two girls that um, I really loved being with, they had to go. Um, so kind of like that threw me off a little bit and then not understanding and maybe my husband wasn't translating good. Um, but basically it was like, you either have to do this or we're going to get you out of the pool and that's going to be done. You know, like you have to. And it was due to your baby's heartbeat going yeah, down. And yeah. the, so it was that, a medical reason to them. That was a medical forcing reason. Forcing you to start doing something that you wanted to exactly. wait for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, at that moment, like, I got angry, but then I kind of like told myself, okay, it it's not exactly how you planned, but you just go through this and you know, you're you're gonna be holding your baby soon. And that's what I was thinking like rest of the time, like when it was, you know, like pushing and kind of like not something that I wanted to do. I was like, okay, you can do anything uh, for one minute. And that's like kind of like, another mantra, kind of another way that I was preparing myself when I was thinking about giving birth. And this is what I want um, your listeners kind of like to think about themselves. Um, There is like, you can do anything for a minute. And if you kind of like not see the whole birthing process as like hours of pain and hours of suffering and pushing and, you know, like uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. If you see it as only increments of time, like you divide those contractions into one by one by one by one. And if you just go through one and not think about rest, not think about how long it's going to last, don't think about if the next one is going to be more painful, nothing is like important in that moment is just that one contraction, that one minute or 30 seconds, and you can do it. Just tell yourself in that moment, like, I can do this. This is only one minute. I can do this. So you actively coached yourself then yes. through the contractions. Yes, I coached myself before and mm-hmm. uh, during contractions. And it really helps, you know, like when you when you take anything in life, pretty much, you know, and if you divide any scary goal or any big thing into smaller, like easier, easy, manageable steps, then it becomes, everything becomes more easier and uh, very simple. You don't have to think about the big thing. You have to only focus on one thing that you're doing in this very moment. Mm. So, I like that. It's, it yeah. is so helpful during birth. And it also is like you talked about, you imagined yourself holding your baby. Yes. That's also a very strong and uh, efficient goal picture. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, I'm doing this, but soon I'm actually holding my baby in my arms. Yeah. Um, 
that helps us to ground us mm -hmm. and get back into why we're doing this. You might not love it in the moment, but like I'm doing this because soon I'm going to hold my baby. Yeah. So you also worked with, you coached yourself mentally and it sounds like you worked with pictures also. Uh, like, with mental with, pictures, yeah, with yes, mental visualization. Pictures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, very important. Um, during the hypnobirthing classes, we had meditations mm. uh, where you learn how to visualize yourself. So basically, when you are in a birthing process, um, you can get into kind of like get yourself um, hypnotized, mm. basically. So hypnobirthing process is getting yourself hypnotized while you are giving birth in order to not experience pain um, in a high intensity, but kind of like stay calm and grounded and kind of uh, letting your body relax. So the reason, um, as far as I, like my understanding is like the reason um, some birds like hurt more than others, let's say it like that, is because some women are just very tense during contractions like if you let your body relax even though it's painful um or intense mm -hmm. it's very intense let's not call it painful and like let's like get into the mode of not thinking about birth as painful like even now but just kind of intense feeling um then like you uh kind of like when you relax your body is just like doing its thing and it it's not unmanageable it's very, it's not easy, but it's easier, mm. I would, I would I, say. I, I totally agree as a midwife, but it's also as a midwife with my uh, very large experience, it's also that we, it's, it's, it differs from woman mm. to woman. For some women, it is just plain painful to give birth. Right. Even though they relax and breathe mm. and work with the visualizations and mental pictures, it's just... Our bodies are created differently. Mm -hmm. So for some women, and I don't know why, but for some women, it's just more painful. And it's not, you know, and then it's not so much to talk about sensation. It's just no. pure pain <laughs> than for other women. But but all, always, it always helps to go into that space where you relax and you breathe and you, you know, yeah. you're in a happy space. I don't know. I, again, um, I always say when I talk about uh, my experience, uh, maybe I was just lucky. Maybe my body uh, doesn't like experience pain in the same way. But um, like I don't want to think about it as painful. Um, even like at that moment when it was happening, I kind of like pressed myself like mentally mm. not to call it the pain because sometimes even just changing the way you talk about something the, changes the way you think about it the way you perce perceive it and mm -hmm. then the way you feel it oh yeah it's so powerful and you can you can also look upon it as you know the uterus is a muscle you can mm -hmm. look upon it as muscular work <laughs> like if you're doing intense like um high impact training you get the lactic acid in your muscles and and for some women that's so helpful just to think about you know the uterus is really working mm -hmm. hard like you do when you do muscle mm -hmm. work instead of looking upon it as pain so yeah yeah it's a mind over matter thing yeah and um, one thing i also want to say is not to be judgmental towards yourself whatever happens you know if someone if let's say a woman goes into the labor determined, I'm going to do natural. 
but then it's so unbearable and the whole visualization and meditation, it just doesn't work. There is no reason to be sad about something that you have to do or to judge yourself on top of the pain, on top of the stress, on top of the whole experience, just like the whole time you are going through this process, just send love to yourself and whatever happens, it's okay. It's always important to think about it. It's okay. You did the best you could with everything you were experiencing and no matter how it ended up in the end, you did great. You had that baby, you gave life to another human being. So in any way you did it, it's a miracle. You just, you, you produced a miracle. So it's very important to think about it. Oh, I love way. that. It's, uh, it is, you always need to have a plan B. Yes. <laughs> and, and do whatever you need to get by mm-hmm. and always be um, open to change your plan. Exactly. So I love that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> So, um, so the midwives told you to start to push mm-hmm. and how, how can you describe that feeling? What, because as I understood, you didn't have the pushing sensation within your body now. No, no, I didn't know how to do that. Mm. that Did was, they help you? They, it took a few contractions mm-hmm. for me to figure it out how to actually push the way it's supposed to versus like the way like we're just like contracting my upper abs I think I was doing that kind of you need to push like down somehow push the baby down like you are having a hard time going to the toilet it's the same like yeah yeah, but it's it's the same direction explain it is so hard hard. usually to find the power especially if you don't have the sensation within the body because Mm -hmm. the sensation you know, the urge to push helps you to yeah. find where to do it. But if someone just tells you, okay, now it's time to push and you don't feel it, yeah, it usually takes a couple of contractions. Mm. Uh, did they help you by placing uh, two fingers in the vagina and pressing down yeah. the bottom of the vagina yeah. towards the rectum? Yeah. Yes. Because that's usually a way to help a woman find mm. where to push. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And I, I have to say like, when the, the shift changed and the two other ladies came, came in, I was first, you know, kind of like thrown back, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, and I didn't really feel them. And um, it was just like the whole situation became a little bit, you know, not very magical how I wanted it to be and how it was until that point. But I have to say they were amazing, too. Um, they were very professional. They had my best interest in mind the whole time. Um, they went like over and above like everything. Like it, it's very hard for staff to work in the pool. It's uh, like th- the whole position they have to get in in order to help me get baby out. It's very uncomfortable for them. And um, for me, um, the time was very short. So like my experience of time, I could not believe that I was in a pool for six hours. Mm. For me, you were in the pool for six hours? That's yes. a long time. Mm. For me, it felt like it was like an hour to max, but not even two, like very, very short. So when, when you think about like what effort they make, it's just like they want to help us, mm. like really help us. And um, the staff, in I was a little bit, like I went to like from American point of view where, you know, like you have all these options, like you can choose your doctor and you can choose the staff that's going to be with you in a hospital. 
and exactly you know exactly where you're going to be you go to the hospital beforehand and you see the room you see everything how it's going to be so in that way you know what to expect i did not know what to expect here in sweden so i was a little bit concerned about that how it's going to be and who's going to be there but i have to say the staff was amazing and i'm so grateful for it and like everyone was like just wonderful from from the the first moment so that helped uh, a lot um so the when the contract like when i start pushing to, to go back to that I, i digress a little bit uh when i started to push like it took a, a while to to figure it out how to do it but i have to say that the pushing like it wasn't as bad as i expected it, it to be maybe again because it was water so it helped but um like i thought that crowning is going to be like horrible and it was what did you heard about crowning that it burns yeah the ring of fire yeah <laughs> the ring of fire um there's no swedish expression for that no <laughs> no but it's a good expression the ring of fire yeah it's for most women it's a burning sensation um, yeah together with a very strong pressure yeah um i i it, it was painful but um then i knew like okay now it's done like now it's done it it's just like a matter of minutes before mm. it's going to be over and um i think that that's also the way to think about it when it when it gets to that point where it's the most intense the most painful let's say it like that then you know it's done then it's just like okay like push you a little bit more and you know like But you knew it because be you had done, you had gathered knowledge about birth. Yeah. So that's oh, also, I did a lot that's of research. Why, yeah, that's why it's so important to know about the process because that will be helpful mm -hmm. for you when you're in the process that you know, like, okay, this is the ring of fire. It means I have a couple of more contractions and then the baby is out. So knowledge is power. So just think about that moment. So you pushed and you felt your baby crowning. And yes. how many more contractions did you have after that? I actually don't know. I don't remember, uh, but not many. I would say not many. And then I was kind of surprised when it, because it was like, push, push. And then it's like, whoop, she's out. Like, oh, wow. It's just like the, that last second, which I actually came out, it was like fast forward. It was like kind of a super quick moment and super quick second. Like, And then I was just holding her. Mm. So did you catch her yourself? Uh, no. No, because the I, I was, did. yeah, mm. the, the the midwife did, and she gave it to me directly, and it was just amazing. And then, like, you kind of like forget about everything else around you. It's just you and your partner there, and um, just looking at life, at the new life that you're holding. And she is so ugly. <laughs> It's like, she's so ugly. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, like how babies look weird when they come out, kind of? But for you, it's just like the most beautiful thing you see in the world. And I was like, always before, like, before I had her, I was like, babies look so weird when they come out, right? I mean, they were in, inside for a very long time. And, uh, and it's just everything about her is so amazing. And uh, you, like... I did not know what love is before I had her. And it's a, such a cliche to say, but it's kind of like totally different level of feeling, like something that just gets unlocked inside of you when you hold something that your body created and that was inside of you. Because 
for women, I think it's a little bit different than for men because we have the baby inside our bodies for for uh, a long time, I would say. And then like we we already start loving the baby, but it's very hard to imagine how it actually feels when you hold her. And um, I think the whole process, it just taught me so much, um, kind of like helped me grow as a person and grow my confidence. I don't know. It's it's very hard to describe until you feel it. And you, you have kids and you can probably relate that, you know, to put it in words, no matter how much you try, it's not enough. Like you cannot say it enough in, in the most beautiful words that exist, that how the, the feeling actually is. And that's why I say like, no matter how the birth process goes, once you hold that baby, like you're going to forget about everything that went before, every hardship, because, you know, it, it's, it's just like the whole focus, like the whole world fades pretty much when the baby is there. Mm. That's the best way I can describe it. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's a totally new level of love. Yeah. And also we talked about that prior to recording, a new level of worry. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would be absolutely thrilled if you would like to support me in this mission of mine about letting more positivity around birth come to life by becoming my patron. Together, I strongly believe that we can change the narrative around birth so that more women can start to believe in the power of birth. How cool wouldn't that be? So go to Patreon and look for the podcast. So you prepared for this natural birth and you ended up having a natural birth. Uh, did, you, did you know for sure that you had this superpower within you to pull it, pull it through? In a way, uh, how it was approaching, not, in beginning, not. Like that I went from fear to kind of like denial that I have to go through that. Like, I'm not going to think about it now to uh, doing like all the research and then to using different ways to prepare myself. So I kind of like imagine different scenarios of how it's going to go. So in one scenario, I was um, playing music and I had like my playlist and like I was dancing in a hospital, like kind of like trying to dance the baby out. I saw one video on Facebook where the woman was dancing with the doctor. I love those videos. I <laughs> love amazing. them. It makes me so happy. <laughs> So in one moment, I thought it, it, it's going to be like that. And I was dancing. And uh, I think maybe my daughter loves to dance now because of that. Like we were dancing when she was in stomach all the time. Um, in other scenario, like it went quick. It went to the water. But the more, the closer it got, like I got this strange feeling of I'm a goddess. Like I can do this. Like my body is so amazing and so powerful and so special um, as a woman, not just me specifically, but as a woman, um, I'm special because I'm creating this new life inside of me. And I just want to feel that power. I just want to not prove myself, but kind of like experience the full blow of awesomeness because mm. I'm doing this. And uh, I was very excited about that. And I, everyone I talked to, when I say like, I can't wait for my birth to start, everyone was looking at me a little bit like, uh, what's wrong with you? Because now I feel I like, 
nothing can kind of like throw me off too much, like off my path. Like, of course, like there is always things happening in life. But the strength that I gained is just on a totally different level than before. And um, I've been on spiritual paths and uh, empowering women um, for a very long time, um, doing all kinds of research in um, psychology and uh, mindset for more than 10 years now and working as a life coach for women for four years now. But that that moment of going through the birth process kind of like took all of that on a different level for me as a professional and for me as a woman as well. So what would you say uh, made this experience into such a positive experience for you? Um, I would say preparation and my expectations. And um, I say my expectations is like, I, you can never know how the things are going to be in the end. But I firmly believe um, with my training as a psychologist and as a coach and the way I work with people is what you expect you get. And um, for the simple reason, it's not some like mental um, kind of like thing that it's, I can explain it in a way that what you expect is what you focus on. So basically, if you expect things to be easy, you're going to focus on things that make for that experience easy for you. So if you focus, like when you get into con contraction, if you did your preparation, you have a choice in that moment to freak out or to calm down, to scream or to breathe. And all of those things make, make that experience different. So you... you kind of like make your expectations come true by the way you're acting in a moment. So um, I would say I was expecting positive experience and I, I got like it. I like that. Uh, that's why I think it's so important to hear positive stories also, yes. because then you are more likely to expect your birth to be mm -hmm. a positive experience for you. So Absolutely. And it's, I love that you have a choice. You have a choice. You can either freak out, which you usually do, a couple of contractions, yes. even though you have prepared or you can choose to breathe and yeah. you can choose to fight it or you can choose to surrender. Yes. <laughs> so you have a choice because I think that's a sensation many women have that they don't have a choice because their body's working, but you do have a choice. You have the choice to surrender and handle over the the birth to the body. Yes. Because the body knows, but just yeah, so And that's where the preparation come in. It comes into place. So expectation and the, what you're doing in the moment when it's happening and then preparation. So the more times you visualize how it's going to happen, it's not you're not um, doing some magic where you are kind of like creating your future in a magical way. What you're doing is you are um preparing your body uh, to work, because there is research that was done um, about, for example, athletes mm. who Lots in their mind, about that. Mm. yeah, who in their mind practice a certain move um, that they need to do when they're in the game. They practice it over and over and over again, like hundreds, thousands of times. And then muscle memory comes from that. So your body is and our minds and our bodies are much, much more advanced that we actually think about. I, oh, I and, think. and during birth, you know, it's they're so connected. Oh, yeah. So if you have fearful thoughts, your body will produce the stress hormones yes. and your body will react to that. You will tense up and and the contractions will become more painful. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a close cooperation. So 
And there is lots of research about visualization and like how you can work with that. Exactly. So the more you, you work with that and the more you tune out everything negative and focus on and kind of immerse yourself into positive stories. There, there have been, there's a lot of books about it. This podcast is amazing idea and I'm so happy that you're doing it. I'm going to be listening to this when I'm pregnant with my second baby because um, it makes a world of difference how, what, what you focus on. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we need to marinate our brains in positive mm. stories, I think. Yes, it's absolutely. much more likely that we have a positive birth experience ourselves if we do that. So that's why I'm so happy that you're here sharing yes. your story too. <laughs> absolutely. Um, if there would be one wisdom or advice you'd like to pass forward to the women listening, what would that be? Well, to kind of like sum up everything we talked about, uh, prepare as much as you can, um, focus only on positive and expect for it to be positive. Like I said, you cannot um, influence if things go wrong or like not according to plan, but you can influence how you react to it. Like I had a choice, like when they told me to push, to freak out and fall apart, or I had to choose to go with the flow. Um, so there comes that moment when you have to make a choice. So the more you practice, the more tools you have prepared for anything that can happen, kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna focus on my breathing and I'm gonna stay like according to my plan as much as I can, the thing, things are gonna be easier. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your thoughts about becoming a mom and motherhood. Yeah, you're very welcome. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my story uh, with your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Oasa Holstein. And thank you, dear Saklina, for sharing your story and your insights as a life coach and a psychologist. I love the way you explain how we cannot choose what happens to us in life, but what we can choose is how we respond to it. If you're not a patron yet, support me in this quest of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life. Other ways to support me on the podcast is to rate us on whatever pod platform you're using and to spread the word about it by sharing it with friends, family and colleagues. Thank you. And if you want to read more about me, you can check out the positive birth story May the force be with you.